even when we met uh, in, in Moshi. This time we have this particular project called uh, the Great African Art Banner, painting the 56 kilometer Art Banner. Again, inside me, it is done. That, my friends, is the sound of the kind of determination I wish to embody in my life. That is Munya, and today's episode is about his dream. Earlier in the year, I had the good fortune to travel to Arusha with my besties. While there, I did a day trip to Moshi to visit my longtime friend, Imano Mota. I arrived in Moshi to find Ima in the middle of a press briefing where his tour company Origin Trails was partnering with Africa Speak to brief the press on their Climb Kilimanjaro Challenge 2023 project. They were inviting artists from all over Africa to climb Kilimanjaro to commemorate this year's Africa Day. I loved the sound of the project and especially Munya's zeal for actualizing Afro-optimism. I had to get him on the podcast. As I publish this episode, we're experiencing heavy rains in Kenya. The El Nino rains and floodings have me nostalgic for the trip to Moshi that I took. I went from Arusha to Moshi via Daladala, which is the public transport we call Matatu in Kenya. The soundtrack for our trip was radio reports announcing cases of flooding happening in the area, as this was in May and in the rainy season. Roads were flooded and I was fascinated by how much water there was flowing everywhere. Generally, we have two rainy seasons in Kenya and Tanzania. And as I checked Google to confirm that climate change hasn't changed these seasons, I learned or relearned that they are known as Masika. Those are the long rains which happen between March to May and Vuli, which are the shorter rains that fall between November to mid-January. And as I record this way in November, so we're having the Vuli rains, which this year have also been affected by El Nino. To distract myself from the low-key fear of being swept away in the Matatu in Tanzania, I mostly turned my attention to the passing views. I was able to enjoy the passing views of Mount Meru in Arusha and then Mount Kilimanjaro in Moshi. And one thing about me is I love Misa Mountains. Well, nature in general. I loved looking at them. I love the folklore they inspire. And oh my goodness, I love how green and lush that the mountains, those two mountains were looking, being that they were so well nourished by the rains by that time. And I did a lot of fantasizing of just going up in those hills and drowning myself in trees. Then a few weeks ago with another group of friends, we had an unplanned road trip that saw us at the Oloitoki Tok border. This is located at the foothills of Mount Kilimanjaro on the Kenyan side, and I got to enjoy the reverse side of the mountain that, that faces Kenya. I say unplanned because we had been trying to get our way through to Isinya from Imali, and while in the middle of a heated conversation, missed our turning for the Kajado Road connection. I can't lie, I was excited to get lost in this group of people. It was so much fun. And so chatting away and refusing to stop for directions because we were using maps and maps had given up on us and so we also gave up on map. We found ourselves at the border point, which is a convenient crossing for those who are traveling from Amboseli National Park 
to Marangu and Moshi in Tanzania. Coincidentally, I had found myself at the foot of Mount Kilimanjaro again, and this time from the Kenyan side. We couldn't see the peak, and so we hadn't realized that this huge hill we had been approaching was actually Mount Kilimanjaro all that time. And that's until we got to the border point. In the last episode I posted, we had a discussion with Brenda Umtaniwasi around folklore. And the history behind the nationality of Africa's highest peak has its own folklore. If you have been a tourist, local or otherwise, to the area around Kilimanjaro, you may have heard the story that Queen Victoria presented the mountain to her nephew, the future Kaiser Wilhelm II of Prussia, as a birthday gift because, as she's quoted to saying, Wilhelm likes everything that is high and big. I confess that I myself had been a believer of this version of events. It's easy to believe if you look at the map of Kenya. There is the awkward corner on the southern border that is the border between Kenya and Tanzania that leaves a question of why the irregularity, considering that it's mostly a straight line border. But being that the Tulizane podcast is the place where I dare to learn by asking questions, I had to ask myself to fact check myself. I looked into this story and found it to be mostly unfunded. Official records show that it was during the scramble for Africa in 1885 that the nationality of the mountain was determined. This was when the two colonizers, Britain and Germany, back then known as Prussia, divided up the loot that was East Africa to them. As they scrambled for who got what piece of the pie, they had to negotiate between two important assets, that is Mount Kilimanjaro and the port of Mombasa, which both fall along this southern Kenya border. At the end of the scramble, Britain retained Mombasa port and Prussia got Africa's highest peak. But Germany would still end up losing the mountain in World War I, when Britain captured the territory in 1918 and were later awarded administrative control by the League of Nations mandates. What was formerly German East Africa was renamed Tanganyika Territory in 1920 and later on Tanzania after they gained independence and united with Zanzibar in 1961. The story is symbolic of how our borders were arbitrarily drawn with 100% disregard to indigenous populations, their ancestral homes, their needs, their nativity, and even their existence. In my previous episode with Mavingo and Beatie, we discussed the Mau Mau who are involved in fighting for freedom against British colonial rule in Kenya. Every so often, like during King Charles's visit to Kenya back in the beginning of November, I have the striking and sad thought that while it left up to the British, I should not exist. And sometimes that makes the pain of losing my African son sting just a little bit harder. My grandfathers on both sides were Kikuyu and so experienced firsthand the wrath of the regime. I never got to meet my paternal grandfather and I only met my maternal grandfather once. The memory of him I hold dear and what I remember is that he had almost no teeth. We were in the kitchen with my mom chopping up chapatis for him because he couldn't bite. 
And then I came to later on learn that they had been beaten out of him as during the state of emergency in Kenya in 1952, he and other Kikuyu men would get raided out of their homes in the dark of the night by the Wazungus. They'd come for the men in the middle of the night or early mornings and ship them away to concentration camps for torture. And that torture definitely characterized who my grandfather became, and hence he was missing while still alive in my childhood. And so I ended up only meeting him once, but in that one meeting, he ingrained in me the importance of reading. I dedicate my love for knowledge to him. He survived the state of emergency and went on to work for Kenya Railways, later on being posted in Tanzania, because that was East African Railways. But many others who he was beaten with didn't get to become grandfathers or even meet their grandchildren. But, you know, that's the person. This episode is about hope for the future. We, the people of Tanganyika, would like to light a light and put it on the top of Mount Kilimanjaro, which would shine beyond our borders, giving hope where there was once despair, love where there was hate, and dignity where there was before only humiliation. Those are words uttered by Julius Nyerere on 22nd October 1959, two years before Tanganyika gained independence. And so back in Moshi early May this year, and in the middle of the massacre rainy season, there was Munya briefing the Tanzanian media and the world on the Climb Kilimanjaro Challenge 2023. The challenge happened in May, and they have since climbed and descended the mountain. It brought together 12 audacious Africans from Tanzania, Uganda, Kenya, Ethiopia, Zimbabwe, and Comoros to commemorate Africa Day, which falls on 25th May, and promote the Great African Art Banner Initiative. These are 12 out of the 56 Africans Munya and Visions will climb up Kilimanjaro in the finale of the planned 56-kilometer Great African Art Banner climb to Uhuru Peak on Mount Kilimanjaro. This is to symbolize the zeal and determination of the people of Africa to achieve the African Union Agenda 2023 of the Africa We Want. And Munya is climbing up Kilimanjaro each year. Already, those who are attending the climb for next year, 2024, are signing up and you can too. I think of the Great African Art Banner as something that would be amazing to actualize. It would be symbolic of the unification of those borders that were placed on us arbitrarily. African people coming together for the good of each other and our positive imaginations of ourselves, an achievement of the vision of one of our most prolific founding fathers. So enjoy the conversation. everyone and welcome to the Tulizane podcast. I'm your host, Triza Kiguta. Tulizane is a word from Kiswahili meaning let's talk. And today on the show, we have Munya Mutarazi from Zimbabwe. He is a visionary, an innovator, 
a creative thinker, marketer, and is very passionate about exploring possibilities for a better future and a better continent. Munya is a founder of several organizations, including Africa Speaks, a marketing and promotional company to market and promote Africa globally by telling the untold story of Africa using the gifts and talents of African people. The founder of GAB, GAB standing for the Great African Art Banner, is a platform to showcase the imaginations, creativity, innovations, thoughts, visions, dreams, aspirations, ideas of African people on canvas using the power of African raw art. Paint the Africa you want. So we're going to discuss a bit more about that. Welcome to the show, Munya. We're so honored to have you here. I know you're dialing in from Dodoma where you are trying to continue organization and you know, planning for the GAB event, which you'll tell us more about. So let me just give a chance. Welcome, Munya, and how have you been? Uh, thank you so much, uh, Asande Sana. Uh, it has been a long journey. Currently, we are in Dodoma. As you know, that uh, Dodoma is the capital city of uh, Tanzania. And that's where all government um, offices are. So we are here to try, by all means, to, to connect uh, the dots to make sure that um, what we are planning will come to, to flourishing. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, we we're just chatting a bit earlier and I was telling you that I'll be referring to you a lot as a visionary. I think when we met, um, the word that keeps bumping around in my head when we talk about your plans for GAB and the project and the vision you have of it expanding throughout Africa is that of the African Renaissance, um, especially because in my mind, the Renaissance that we know of, the European one, was led a lot by art. And here you are trying to drive art all through Africa with us sharing our stories, our visions on a continent who, which has a history of having its visionaries, um, for lack of a better word, eradicated, you know, for reasons one or another. So I, th I find you brave and I am very honored, you know, to have you on the show to share this story of yours. I can start with your introduction. What is the story of Munya? How did you come to be as we know you now? <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. I, the story of Munya is, uh, is not a good story. It is a painful start. I am uh, a product of um, a broken family. My, my, my parents, they, they separated, I think, when I was four. Having broken families, to me, that is not the Africa I want. Munya, product of a broken family, product of... Uh, Three countries, my grandparents, they come from South Africa. My father comes from Zambia. My mother comes from Zimbabwe. Thanks for that, Munya. I think your story is one of courage. Family values, I'm picking up on that a lot. And I think it's extending towards the, the movement that we have in GAB of imagining a different Africa for the future. Thanks for living your story and living to tell it. And 
I think through that, there are some lessons which you came to learn that have also contributed to you being the Munya that is undertaking the GAP project today. Uh, what are some of the lessons, though, through the life that you have been living? A friend of mine that I was with at, uh, at the university, he said, Munya, there is um, uh, a competition. Uh, it's about visualizing the future, the future that you want. So what I did, I said, okay, try, try this. Uh, I know that you are so passionate about these things. Then uh, the professor who was running that particular competition uh, was uh, is, uh, Mr. Reynold Feldman from Maryland University in the U.S. So three months down the line, I was uh, selected uh, to represent Zimbabwe. So that's how I managed to go to attend the first Vitachi International Youth Conference that was uh, held in Indonesia. That was in 2001. Uh, they wanted to know about Africa. So I asked them, what do you know about Africa? So in this case, I'm talking about final year students. I'm talking about third year students, university students. Someone says, I know two countries in Africa. I know South Africa and Somalia. Someone says, I know Victoria Falls in South Africa. But the v Victoria Falls is a natural one shared between Zambia and Zimbabwe. And someone is saying that natural wonder, it is, excuse me, it is in South Africa. And Africa, we are 55 nations. And someone says he knows two countries. And I, I still remember when we were doing grade five, someone would bring the, the, the world map and they say, can you touch Canada? Can you touch? We could do that without any complications. As a market, I can <laughs> see how this was paining you because it's, a, it's just bad marketing for Africa, isn't it? Indeed. So to me, it was a nice opportunity. And I, I did justice to that. So when I finished, there is uh, Yulin from New Zealand, a Maori. He said, oh, Africa is spoken. Why can't you start a project called Africa Speaks, where you tell the untold story of Africa using the gifts and talents of the young people? And that's what resonates very well with me, Gab. Africa is now speaking through art. Africa is speaking through poetry. Africa speaking through dance. Africa speaking through music. Africa speaking through agriculture. Gab started uh, when I was in my piece of land, tilling, when it was announced that uh, Africa is going to host the first World Cup. And because I'm, I'm a marketer, I thought, okay, how best can we communicate the, the message? So that's uh, how I say I, I thought of doing an art banner with that particular theme of uh, 2010 World Cup. So each painting that we did during 2010 World 
cuff, it was 54 centimeters by 80 centimeters, 54 depicting the 54 nations that we had then during uh, 2010 World Cup, then 80 centimeters depicting the eight years that Africa had to wait uh, to host the, the first uh, World Cup. So we did the 540 meters at Banner. We took it to South Africa. We mounted an exhibition there. So these football tourists who came to our stand, they, they loved uh, this uh, idea. And there's even a white person who come to me and said, oh, this is a brilliant idea. Uh, do you mind if we could uh, buy this idea for 80,000 US dollars? You got an offer to buy this um, project, which at that time you had just initially started off as a World Cup project commemorating that Africa was hosting the World Cup for the first time since the beginning of the World Cup. And there's something that you said that's really interesting in terms of how the dimensions of the banners for that project were symbolic. Could you just run through that again? That banner, individual painting, it was 54 centimeters by 80 centimeters. 54 depicting the 54 nations that we had then because Morocco was not a member of uh, AU. So 54 by 80 because the first World Cup, it was uh, played in 1930. So in 2010, that's when we as Africans were given the opportunity to host the first World Cup. 80 years of football. Africa has never been accorded that opportunity. That is football injustice. The Great African Banner. I just want to give a little bit of uh, the description of it as, as you have it, because there's a key transition that it's it's something that had already happened from World Cup, but now you're into extending it across Africa. So you you describe it as the great African art banner themed painting the Africa we want is an ambitious Pan-African initiative using art to visualize the role of Africa's Afro-optimism, which emphasizes which empathizes the country's modernity exudes positivity and celebrates Africanness as a driver for cultural diplomacy and an instrument to actualize the African Union Agenda 2063. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I just wanted to mention that because I think it's capturing here, you know, if if one is asking why don't we sell this for 80,000, the idea, and yet you had a vision of it extending into cultural diplomacy and to act as an in instrument that, you know, is commemorating the African Union agenda, which is another visionary agenda um, to 2063. So to me, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm glad that you, you didn't sell the idea, at least from our part, because we get to see what more potential that coming together and dreaming together can create. So... So yeah, please continue. No, thank you so much. So um, after 2010 World Cup, I, I went to UNESCO, Harare. Uh, uh, that is the regional office for, for SADC. 
Then I met uh, Professor, it should be Gijen from, from Netherlands. Currently, he's based in, uh, in Nairobi. He is the UNESCO Regional Director, EAC, in Nairobi. So he told me that um, Munya, this is a huge project. And this project is a capacity to transform uh, the continent. But for you uh, to get support, uh, make sure that this project is endorsed by AU. So I've been writing to AU, I think, uh, because um, the, the commissioner then was Ngosazana Jamini Zuma. I think I have lost count of the letters that I personally wrote trying to uh, push this, uh, this agenda. So in 2015, I think that's when uh, Agenda 2063, the Africa we want, I think that's when it was uh, adopted, 2013, 2015, around that particular time. So um, I went to one businessman and I told him, I have this, I have this dream. AU, they have... Um, Agenda 2063. And to me, that's an opportunity that uh, African young people can redefine the Africa they want. So this uh, business person said, if it is your dream, you need to pay the price. What you need to do is go to Kigali, Rwanda, because uh, I'm President Paul Kagame, he is the current AU chair. I think that was in 2018. Because I didn't have a lot of money, I used the road from Zimbabwe, bought my tickets because I have something that I believe in. I am, it's like I'm pregnant, I need to deliver. So I got into the bus from Zimbabwe, I went to Zambia, Zambia, Tanzania, Tanzania, Kigali, Rwanda. I had a meeting with uh, officials from Foreign Affairs, Rwanda. Officials from Rwanda said, your project is continental. And the term of office of uh, President Kagame is coming to, to an end. What we are going to do is, we are going to write to AU. They wrote to AU, introducing me to AU. I also wrote to AU, then they said it's perfect, but for us to endorse this particular project, it must be first endorsed by any of the member states. That reply came when I was already in Uganda, because I was going to, to Ethiopia. That's when we went to the Minister of uh, Arts and Culture, Honorable Mutuzo. We presented the project, then I'm, uh, Honorable Mutuzo said, no, that's fine, it's a, it's a great project. Honorable Mutuzo gave us the endorsement letter. I got into a bus from Kampala to Nairobi. Nairobi, I got into a bus to Moyala border. From Moyala all the way to 
to Addis Ababa. That particular journey, it took me about six months. I got to AU and uh, we had about four countries that came to support the idea. There was Ghana, there was Uganda, myself from Zimbabwe and Ethiopia. We presented the project to the deputy commissioner, the deputy chair. 2020, then we had uh, COVID, so everything like it stopped for almost uh, two years. Everyone knows what COVID did. Then AU wrote to me saying the letter that we used last time, it has expired and there's been some changes at uh, AU. They said, can you get another updated letter? That's when in October last year, I flew to Rwanda, to, to Uganda. That's when we got the latest letter from Honorable Mtuzo. We, we sent that particular letter to, to AU. That's how the project was endorsed. It was endorsed as one of the AU flagship projects focusing on aspiration number five, arts, culture, and heritage. So what does that mean? It means perseverance pays. When God assigns you to do something, you have to do it. And what I am doing, I'm not doing it for myself. I am doing it for the African young people. So I have done my part of getting this particular project endorsed. What is next? So far, you know, you have put in the aspirations, you have included the heritage. This banner has already, in, in theory, traveled around a few African countries, you know, South Africa, where the, where the vision was incepted, and, and then Uganda, where the vision was seconded or endorsed, and then on to Ethiopia, where the AU is now going to endorse the vision of GAB as well, and uh, it's aspiration number five of art, culture, and heritage. This dream, it may be coming into fruition now, but there is the whole background of it from 2010 to we have now gotten to 2022 when you've gone back to the AU with the second endorsement from Uganda. And up to that point, how does this now merge into, you know, the story of living your dream? Yeah, th thank you so much. Um, because the, the, the GAP itself, we are helping visual artists to live their dreams through art. And what I'm doing is I'm just marketing the gifts, the talents, the dreams, the visions of people. That's what I'm doing. And that's where my name came from, Munyaradzi, to console. So that is the story of uh, Live, of your, live dream. your Dream. And now you're, you traveled to Tanzania, and I know the GAP project is culminating in in Moshi, Tanzania, with the banner supposed to climb all the way to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. So can we discuss a little bit more about that, about the story of, of Mount Kilimanjaro and how, how we are going to get to that point? What are we celebrating this time? Um, we moved 
away from World Cup with Gab, and now we are going to travel all the way to Tanzania, Kilimanjaro. What's the new story? What are we carrying to the top of that mountain? As we talk about the banner a bit more, I want to mention, you know, when we were talking in Moshi and we discussed how to bring about this banner vision, it's going to involve it's going to need to involve more than just artists, multi-industry, you know, you were, you were discussing how you would need also to envision engineers. So it's a call out to try and involve different aspects. Just talk a little bit more about, about who else can get involved in GAB, including the artists themselves. Asante Sana, uh, thank you so much. I think one thing that I just need to share with the continent is that um, the idea came from Zimbabwe. The endorsement of GAP was done in Uganda. And in Uganda, we did uh, a mock banner with uh, Chamboko University and uh, Naid. But while it's in Uganda, it was consensusly agreed that since this banner is going to be the longest ad banner to be made or painted in Africa, let us launch it in Tanzania. Why Tanzania? Because Tanzania is the home of the highest free-standing mountain in the world. That's how everything was directed to Tanzania. But if you ask me, this is the Africa I, I want, whereby an idea that was born in Libya, it is implemented in Kenya. An idea that came from Somalia, it's implemented in South Africa. That is the Africa we want. But now, uh, how this particular project is going to incorporate everyone is the visual artists who do painting are the backbone of this particular project. So visual artists, they paint their vision, their dreams, their aspirations. But the general public who don't know how to paint, the visionaries, the dreamers, you write your dream down. You can do an audio. You can do a video. because. What we want from the visual artists, not every visual artist in Africa is going to be part and parcel of this particular project. We are selecting the cream, the best, the creative artists. Those artists, they are going to be contracted to paint other people's visions, dreams. Even if someone is a poet, he can write a poem. The visual artist can paint that particular poem on a canvas so that it becomes visual. Those particular paintings, those are the ones that we are going to put together. What is going to happen thereafter? For us to mount this particular banner, we need architectures, we need engineers to engineer to do the engineering part of the banner where it is exhibited. The poets, 
they are also going to do the same. Fashion designers are also going to do whatever they are going to do. Photographers, they are going to, to take pictures and we are going to have a photographic exhibition of the art banner. Those people who are into filming, they can even come up with a movie about that particular banner. So this banner is going to create a lot of employment. This banner, we, 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 are, we are even going to have maybe a book about that banner. Then when this banner is finished, completed, we are going to have what we call moving arts. We are taking what we have done in Tanzania, we take it to Kenya, we take it to Uganda, we take it to Rwanda. We are also going to have a musical festival. If we are talking of a musical festival, there's aspect of events, there's aspect of food, there's aspect of filming, photography. A lot of people are going to be employed. So what we are saying is, I'm not going to tell you what you can do with the art banner, but, but what you want, what we want is creativity. See where you can fit in. See what you can do. So, so as we're calling out to these young people to join in the project, to create artwork that is going to go into, you know, one of the art pieces. If we have artists who are in, interested in being involved, what are now the dimensions and the symbolisms of those dimensions for the GAB 2026? Uh, okay, the dimensions yes. for this banner Yes. It's 56 centimeters by 63. 56 across, that is 56 depicting the 55 plus one, that is the diaspora. So that's why it is 56 centimeters. Then down, it's a 63 centimeters. AU was formed in 1963. So that's why we picked 63. Also, 63 depicting agenda 2063, the year AU will be turning 100 years. So this particular piece will be 56 by 63 centimeters. Then the other thing that I didn't mention, we also wanted few visual artists to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and these artists, they will be also painting the Africa they want. And this is happening for the first time. No artist has ever painted on that particular mountain. That's so wonderful. And I do know that you already have some partners who are on board. And I think one of them is the one who's going to be providing the teardrops as you're climbing up Kilimanjaro. Um, what they called WAVE, the company? Yes, web on. They've they've sent the the chips. We we received them. Um, Emmanuel Motor, uh, Origins Trails. Uh, yes, the yes the chips. Origins Trails is the company that takes great projects, great vision, great visions, great artists to Uhuru Peak. To me, uh, my my parting words uh, uh, are: If you really want to live your dream. 
if you really want to be brave to the limit, if you really want to have character, climb Mount Kilimanjaro, and you'll be totally different. I am saying this from experience because I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in 2019, summited on the 28th of May of November 2019. Even this time, I am climbing to carry the GAP logo to Uhuru Peak. This particular project is for Pan-African people. So we have sort of designed a project to give character to the young people because the major reason why people don't live their dreams, it is because of their mindset. So this is character building and the hardening process for future leaders, future dreamers. And what we are doing, it has never been done before because Africa Day usually ambassadors, heads of states, they meet they have a two, three hour workshop session. After that, people, they drink drinks and they go. But this one, it is uh, totally different because we are, we are saying share the Africa that you don't want. We compile a book regarding that. Share the Africa that you want. We select the best, we paint, then we, we move. And it is going to be a continuous uh, project thereafter. Thank you so much, Munya, for sharing with us your story, sharing with us your project, for sharing with us your vision, and for sharing with us, you know, your hope and optimism for a better and brighter Africa. Your story has been so inspiring from where you started, maybe not in the environment which you would have chosen for yourself, and now being a part of a project which is setting out to design the Africa which you hope for yourself. So I think your story is just a great one of hope, perseverance, like you had said, and a lot of dreaming and and bringing people along on your dream, which we're so grateful for. So the GAB project celebrating Africa Day this year, you're starting off, you know, flagship for the Great African Project. But also it's just not Africa, it's 55. You know, the dimensions, like you said, is going to be 55 by 63 and the 50, sorry, 56 by 63 and the 56. 55 plus one, the plus one being the diaspora. And I think that's very important because you're including in this project of, you know, the great African vision, the African diaspora, and I think in these contemporary times, there's a lot of debate of who's African and how African is an African in the diaspora. So I think that's a special mention that we are only not looking at the Africa mainland, also the sons and daughters of Africa out there to be included in visualizing what they would want for the future of the African continent and the African people. It's a big vision. Thank you so much for your Pan-African dream, Afro-optimistic visionary. Munya, you, we had discussed a little bit your name in the beginning. And so I had asked Munya, as an African, does he know the meaning of his African name? Okay, Munyaradzi, it means to, to console. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what, what I realized was, when my mother was pregnant, she was going under difficult 
situations and so forth. So she then thought that when I am when I am born, I will be the consoler. That's why I said uh, my mandate, my calling is to console young, to console young people, to console Africa. And the way I am solving African problems is by helping people to pursue and live their dreams. Munya, thank you so much. I wish you well with Dodoma and the officials and looking forward to seeing a bit more of you, definitely seeing more of Gab and dreaming the Africa that we want together. Have a good day, Munya. It was recorded earlier in the year. As I was preparing to publish, I reached out to Munya, asking him if there's anything new with the project he would like the audience to appreciate. I quote his response. What is important is inviting African people to join us in painting the Africa we want. For me, the Africa I want is one which has more of its trees and wildlife and indigenous people available for the next and future generations to experience and learn from. I would love for Tulani's agements to have a Kenya that is as green and leafy and with as bountiful a food basket as I witnessed in Tanzania this year. I would like for his cohorts to have unity and peace and love. I'd like for them to be proud of their heritage and their ancestry. I just don't know how to translate that into artwork. And so this is my contribution. And you don't have to be a painter or a visual artist to participate in GAB, but participate you also can. So get into the website and join in, donate or sponsor as you can. But definitely tell a friend to tell a friend. And be sure to keep hope and wonder in your daily to-do list. Munya is behind the term Afro-optimistic that I have adopted for this podcast. It's the only way I hope that we feel as we look into the unknown future of this our land and continent. If nothing else matters, remember that at this very moment right now, Whoever you are and whatever it is that you are up to, remember that you are the actualization of your ancestors' wildest hopes and dreams. And with both sets of my grandparents, Santulani, in the realm of our ancestors, I wish to remind us that we who are here right now, old and young, are the future. So let's envision as better a future for us all as possible. Thank you, Munya, for this dream. Thank you, Nyerere, for your vision of unity, Ujama, and a beacon of hope. And thank you, Africa, for the undying philosophy of Ubuntu. Emmanuel Mota of Origin Trails has great experience with organizing tours in the Tanzania and Kenya region, and specifically in climbing Kilimanjaro. He is one of the fittest guys I know. And Ima, if you're listening to this, I can't wait to have you on the show to talk about all your climbs and adventures. And should you, the listener, be interested in climbing Kili or in a genuine safari or Kili experience, please get in touch with him. His website is in the description. This is not sponsored. I just truly believe in this guy and his team and company. And I promise you will experience authentic vibes. 
This episode was recorded at Semabox Studios, hosted, edited, and produced by me, Teresa. Special thanks to my besties who whisked me away to Arusha, our host, their dad, and my partners in getting lost at Amboseli. They know themselves. And thank you so much, listener, for tuning in. I wish you big dreams and that they come true. Together we can. Motile Dayo. Choose peace.